Hello everyone and welcome to Podcast Tech Effect. In this podcast episode, we'll be discussing the topic of performance and load testing. So for I, I'm an expert in audio and video uh, testing. Uh, I'm leading efforts in uh, ensuring the accuracy and consistency of test result data and also managing one of the Tesla Labs' uh, largest uh, benchmarking project. Uh, today in studio, we have Alex Litwinos, who will explain us the more basic and descriptive side and more technical aspects and challenges and perspectives of load and performance testing. So hello, Alex. Hey. How are you feeling? So far, so good. Who are you? Um, very interesting question, honestly. So I've been working in load aero team for the last three years. Uh, Recently, I started managing all of the QA processes, uh, and I'm responsible for basically everything regarding to testing, be it manual testing, automation, working with the clients, improving the product itself. So <laughs> what's your experience in like working in Lovero? Um, so far, so far, I'd say I've been working, as I said, for three years, approximately, uh, was pretty exciting times. Uh, I've seen the product grow from, I think like three or four people up to now we have 15 people and the team is still growing. Amazing, amazing scale up. Yeah. And it's super interesting because this product, the team, how it works, we use this kind of a startup vibe. Uh, there is like amazing side of that, that everybody is responsible for the product. You always feel kind of in charge and you see massive improvements basically every day. Mm -hmm. And how did you actually, um, started uh, and how did you get where you are now oh it's an interesting story uh i actually applied for an internship i think three years ago while i was still studying in school uh i've got declined like a few times but i was really pushy about it and uh, i think from the third time i got in and after the internship they kept me in and i'm still here okay next important question is uh, where do you eat the best falafel in Riga? There are so many different places. I think I've tried all of them. Uh, my favorite so far has been, there's a new place called Hummus. Uh, it's actually, I think, hosted by one of the Israeli families. Uh, they recently moved to Old Town, super friendly place, very, I'd say Israeli. They have the best hummus. They make their own pitas, hummus, tahina, all of them, all of that is like made at home and super tasty. Very, like, do recommend going there. Okay, uh, great suggestion. So I think let's just kick off the episode and start with the real serious questions. <laughs> sure. We actually came here. So right now I'm scrolling to the Lodoro page and uh, it's uh, written that it's cloud-hosted service for testing websites, uh, web applications also. Uh, but if I'm reading the name Lodero, uh, it's just, it might seem that solution is only meant for load testing, right? Yeah, we'll kind just of. just check the name. So starting off with the basics, what is load testing? Um, all right. You know, you asked one of the questions, the things I'm doing every day, but I'm just questioning what even is it. So load, load testing by itself is essentially doing some of the actions that are usually done by one user, but you scale it up to massive scales. For example, 10,000 users, 100,000 users, maybe even up to a million, and you look and met, uh, monitor how the service or maybe the particular website that you're load testing behaves at such capacity of users. Uh, okay, so you can scale up to a lot of users, but why is it actually needed and why it should be done? Well, um, one of the example scenarios, let's say, imagine you are a huge website, let's say, I don't know, maybe eBay, and you have an upcoming Black Friday sales and people go crazy. They start going into this website, buying stuff after another stuff, and there is a massive inflow of users. 
and the website just starts crashing because they're not prepared for so many requests in such little time. And the idea behind low testing is to actually prepare for such a spike of users. That can be, for example, as I said, eBay, but that can be, for example, government websites when they have to fill in their tax forms. So essentially preparing for the upcoming taf traffic, that's one of the scenarios. Another scenario is looking how the system as a whole prepares. There are many components of all that being a database or authentication service, or maybe something else. And all of them are interconnected and you have to look how all of them behave, maybe separately, maybe all together during such times of many users. Okay. And how do you actually, uh, well, are they real users that are uh, used for load testing or are they like simulated how, how it actually works? Uh, kind of a company secret, but uh, let's be real. You can't hire 10,000 users for one particular test. So you have to simulate that. Oh, makes sense. Uh, the best way of doing that, Cloudera uses an uh, interesting approach. Uh, we use actual computers, uh, not like computers themselves, but we use actual servers. And we uh, load those servers, start running the tests, and the tests are actually run from real browsers, from real operating systems. And uh, they also use Selenium under the hood, WebDriver protocol, which by itself tries to simulate user actions as close as possible. So in the end, you actually receive real life traffic. If I would like, for, for example, if I would like to start testing, right? Uh, what are the main uh, things that I actually, I need to make sure before I actually start load testing? Uh, there, there are many things, honestly, so many things that have to be checked. Uh, one of the things that we usually recommend users to check is all of the possible bot detections, possible firewalls, for example. Ideally, every website should have some capture installed that it actually prevents users from automating their website and hence farming, for example, free accounts or getting free tokens for something. So one, well, once you plan to do the load test, you should prepare an environment which disables this capture so you could actually automate it. That's one of the first things that you have to check. Uh, similarly, if your website is... So, so sorry for Yeah, go, go on. So you have like a staging environment which you need to use for a load, right? Definitely. The, one of the mistakes that one of the customers think that would be a great idea to launch the load test on the production as you can imagine, it is just horrible. The website goes goes to trash, the, the database dies, and all of the users experience the aftermath of the Lotus. It's horrible. So definitely create a separate environment that would not affect your customers. <laughs> yeah, so remember, staging environment is uh, needed. And what is the process of developing the test scenarios? Every, every client is unique in some way, uh, depends on the product that they're providing. Uh, for example, if that's a BTC service, we have to sync up with the client and ask the clients to prepare all of the necessary WebRTC architecture on their side because they have to migrate that to a different environment. Uh, if that's, let's say, some uh, governmental client, uh, they have to take into consideration every possible security aspect because, as you can imagine, it's quite important. There's quite a bureaucracy happening there. Uh, we generally have some suggestions for them, but it's very per-case uh, thingy that you have to consider. Uh, what test conditions can you configure for Lodero? 
I'd say one of the we we can we do different things. It's just like trying. It's hard to summarize that like in one sentence. Uh, one of the conditions that's quite popular is uh, various network conditions. For example, running that on an unlimited network, or for example, limiting the network bandwidth, creating some packet loss. That's one of the things that we can do. Uh, another thing is. Uh, trying to try to run these tests on various uh we call them compute units so essentially one compute unit is if i recall correctly two gigabytes of ram and half of cpu core sorry one gigabyte of ram and half cpu core and we have option to choose many different configurations of these compute units hence you will be trying to run this website on different computers kind of for example starting from low-end low computers that have maybe one or two cores and up to running three cores and seeing how the website behaves on different machines. So basically different budget uh, scenarios. Right? Yeah, for okay. example, yeah. Uh, and also we provide running tests from 12 different locations on all of the five continents, except Antarctica. So <laughs> uh, amazing uh, actually opportunity for people who want to test, for example, cross-Atlantic latencies and see how different continents and maybe uh, how network in the end affects their test as well. These are just few of the examples that Loadero provides. Okay, uh, what else does Loadero provides? As we know, there's load testing and uh, performance testing, yes. Uh, so is there anything related towards the audio and video side as well, or any other type of specific things? Uh, definitely. One of the quite often requested things that Loadero provides is WebRTC testing. Uh, if somebody doesn't know, there is this... Uh, I wouldn't say new, but this is becoming more and more popular protocol called WebRTC. Uh, it's used in all your video communication. And the thing behind this protocol is that every time when you connect two users, for example, let's say you have a call with your friends on Messenger and you have this one-on-one -on -one call, uh, you create this WebRTC connection. And this connection sends data back and forth, and this data can be analyzed. It's rather difficult to gather this data and to analyze it properly. So Lodero does some magic behind the hood, gathers the data, and collects, we call the metrics, and presents them back to the users. So in the end, you can analyze how, during your call, FPS changes, what's the bit rate, how many packets have been lost. And for people who do active WebRTC testing, this is crucial information. Because, for example, changing the network, the bit rate might go to the sky, and you will try to compensate that. But that's not the ideal solution in some cases. And by providing these metrics, people can actually understand what's wrong with their servers. Okay, uh, you previously told that you can like simulate um, any type amount of participants, right? Uh, any type of amount of this, uh, any amount would be a quite exaggeration. Yeah, what what's the like largest amount of users that Lodero has simulated? So far, our high score uh, has been ninety to hundred thousand users in one test. Uh, there is an upper limit, uh, which actually is increasing depending how we scale the architecture. But so far, the hundred, the biggest test was hundred thousand users. Wow! And uh, if it's not a secret, what type of uh, test that was? It was load test. It was a load test. It was for, if I recall correctly, for one of the e-commerce service providers. Okay. And how do you like manage the automation on? on this particular huge amount of users. So you, you probably need to use uh, to automate things, right? Yeah, um, there is lots of stuff happening behind the code. We have 
a whole separate team that is managing all of that. Uh, and one of the things is the way how we scale this up. You know, one thing is running your test on your computer, maybe running one, two, maybe even four users in parallel. That sounds pretty feasible, pretty easy. But uh, the biggest challenge is, first of all, having some kind of a stability and mechanisms to retry in case of some failures to run these tests in these huge amounts. Uh, for example, how would you handle cases when one of the 100,000 users fails? And that's like one of the issues that you have to take into consideration. And the biggest problem, if not the main problem, is how you gather the metrics from all of these users. Imagine how many data, data points you would have in the end. WebRTC, for example, collects data, really depends on the service, but let's say one, uh, let's say 16 data points every second, just like random number, for example, and multiply that by 100,000 and multiply that by five minutes. That's a lot of data and that's only WebRTC. But we also collect machine data, for example, how much CPU and RAM has been used. And you have to aggregate all of the data and present that basically in a beautiful table. So eventually just the beautiful report comes out where yeah, you can read that. Nice. That's a lot of technology behind that. Can Lodero be used actually to do kyber attacks as well? Uh, yeah. If we can simulate <laughs> load testing, can we? And uh, what will be the consequences if, for example, someone uses it? Uh, the consequences wouldn't be good. Uh, think think of Lodero as a tool. Any tool can be used in good ways or bad ways. For example, let's say a matchstick. You can, it's basically a tool. It's kind of a weird analogy that I'm doing going for. But the matchstick can be used to light up a flame for a candle and you have like a cozy, lovely evening with your friends. But you can also use it to burn, uh, burn down the whole city, basically with the matchstick. Great example. Uh, so that's also kind of the amplitude we can go with a load test. You can do a peaceful load testing of a service to see how it prepares for a Black Friday sale. Nothing really horrible in that. But during the same process, you can bombard some website with many, many requests and in the end kind of DDoS it. Can Lodero be used to test how well software is prepared to stand against cyber attacks? Uh, I would say yes. So far, we have not had requests like these, but I would say definitely. And we are just looking forward for clients. We are searching for them who would do something like that because security, especially preparing for DDoS attacks, is extremely important. So you can actually test against the cyber attacks that DDoS, right? Uh, for cyber attacks? Yeah. No, not necessarily. Cyber attacks is a, comp a bit different thing. Um, DDoSing is essentially sending many, many requests to a website until it kind of uh, dies. But cyber attacks is a bit different. You try to find some exploits in the system and you are pinpointing one particular issue. Maybe not DDoS, uh, not like uh, creating denial of service, but for example, I don't know, finding a, doing SQL injections, let's say, for, in a website. Different story. Now, how does Lodera handle participant action simulation? Uh, so. Is that, is that kind of, I think I mentioned a bit. You but mentioned that before, but you didn't mention the technical maybe aspects of it mm -hmm. or how it actually really works. Uh, so if you could just get a bit more detail. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll try to keep it within the scope of NDA. Yeah. Uh, so behind the behind all of the actions that we simulate, uh, as I said, people are not doing these actions manually. There, you write that in some programming language. We support at the moment three programming languages uh, and three frameworks for them. And all of these actions send uh, requests using WebDriver format, essentially Selenium automation. 
and we manage the process of doing this automation in in scale. So running that from one user up to many, many thousand users. Um, so that's the part of the automation, the selenium part. And then Lodero on top of that builds uh, additional extensions that gather all of the data, processes the data, and gives you the additional features that would be relevant for the load test. And in the end, there is a separate uh, components, separate components that are responsible for aggregating this data and presenting that back to you as a user. Why did Lodero choose the AWS? And is it better than uh, other competitors outside there? Um, well, AWS is actually kind of a industry leading provider. Uh, at least it is in my opinion uh, and by actually team's opinion as well. Uh, and AWS has various platforms and tools that we actually can choose from. And in the end, we have like the single package of things that AWS provides to us. And that's actually relevant. Uh, for example, they have amazing databases that we use. Uh, they also have these things as cloud functions that are amazing. There are many, many more services that they provide. I'm not going to list all of them, uh, but it's very convenient for us to have them like in one convenient package and having kind of great extensive documentation to use it. Uh, other services are also great. I can't deny that, uh, but they don't provide the efficiency and stability that AWS does. Regarding the languages that you said you, you provide, how much? At the moment, three. Three uh, languages. Are there planned any more in the future for test case coding? I think definitely. Uh, so far, we have not had requests from clients or our customers uh, that would be interested in more languages. We are thinking of adding more, but this is the question, what's, what's going to be the next language and what, what's the next popular? So at the moment, we have... JavaScript that uses Nightwatch, uh, Python that uses Tesla Labs own developed uh, framework called PyTest UI. And we also use Java, also using Tesla Labs framework named Test UI. Uh, potentially, we might introduce more languages, but uh, it's a question what framework, what language is going to be next? And it's not so easy to choose. Regards to Lodero, what, uh, why or uh, how is Lodero better than its competitors? Uh, Oh, it's, it's, let's you know, just keep it simple. Let's just try to keep it simple. Um, one of the things I would definitely say is the ease of use of Lodero. Many of our competitors maybe might might have better features, maybe, uh, but the ease of use of their platform is definitely not the best. Uh, also, they don't provide so many features as Lodero does. We have, as you mentioned, load test, as I mentioned, and you mentioned load testing, WebRTC testing, but for example, competitors might provide maybe one of those. Uh, and uh, in the end, also the scale, how many users can load their automate is also pretty impressive and not so many competitors can do that. Okay, so how do you prepare for traffic increase? So for how do you scale up? Uh, you mean us as, uh, as a load arrow? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we kind of do regular test, uh, load testing ourselves quite regularly. Uh, for example, if we do some of the improvements in our backend architecture, we would like to test how it scales up. So we do load testing pretty often ourselves and uh, do a, a, a additional adjustments if that's needed. Okay. Uh, you mentioned uh, previously uh, when we spoke, you mentioned the compute unit, right? Yeah. Is there a compute unit limit? Um. Uh, 
protest, you mean? Yeah, let's say protest. Uh, yeah, yeah. It really depends on the pricing plan that you use. I don't remember the numbers. Uh, I was trying to look them up quickly, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it really depends on the pricing plan that you have. Uh, there is some limits for particular, for example, per test or per month, how many units you can have. But we always have enterprise plan option. Let's let's just uh, put plans aside, but just for a full or Dero, if is there a compute unit limit? Okay. Think outside the customer perspective. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, so at the moment, if I'm not mistaken, the limit is 180,000 compute units throughout all of the regions, having like the best of the uh, plants. And yeah, that's essentially 100,000 uh, compute units. And that choosing the lowest compute unit option, you can simulate up to 360,000 users concurrently. So what type of testings will they uh, offer? Can you name them all? Um, really, for, for example, let's say, let's say load testing. Uh, there are many subtypes of load testing. There is the spike testing, stress testing that kind of all fit into the category of load testing. So let's say all of those go into the box named load, load testing. testing. Yep. Uh, then there is another one, let's call it performance testing. Uh, it's all of these ter terms are kind of similar. You can kind of differentiate with them, but the uh, performance testing that we focus on is mainly looking at how your service behaves at various conditions. For example, how many machine resources are being utilized, for example, the CPU, RAM, and, and so on. So let's call it performance testing. Uh, and kind of additional type, which kind of can be fit in either of those two boxes, but I, I would actually put it in a separate one and call it WebRTC testing. And that's primarily for audio video solutions. How does the load testing and stress testing differ? You uh, didn't mention stress testing, but I would like to like know, does the Lodero provide stress testing as well? Mm -hmm. uh, it's one of those questions. Do you know the definition or not? Uh, uh, I would like to think that load testing is when you're running a specific load, let's say 10,000 users, maybe 5,000 users, maybe like four. So you're just testing how the system behaves at a particular uh, user count. Uh, stress testing is similar, but at that point, you are just pushing the system to its limits, trying to increase the user to more and more. For example, if the system survived 10,000 user uh, load test, increase it up to like, let's say 20,000. And if it does not handle the load, well, you're done just stress testing. Uh, what is the recommended way to determine how many concurrent uh, requests the deployment can actually serve? Oof. Um, okay. Um, there, there has been some instances with our clients. It's, I just love working with the clients because every client has some interesting things to say and you kind of create like this, I don't know, album of stories. And one of the clients asked us, um, like, uh, can, can you say how many concurrent users our service can handle? And we were like, no, we, we really don't know. It really depends on the service of yours, uh, what's the architecture and so on. And the, the moral of this uh, super short story is basically depends, depends on the product that we are load testing. Uh, some clients are interested, for example, uh, for example, let's say they know that their website on a daily basis handles 3,000 users like within the 24-hour window, and they would like to do some improvements to increase this number some, uh, like to a higher one. And they would try to do a load test that handles, let's say, 
2x amount of those users, and let's say they try to run a load test to six or 7,000 users, it behaves well, great, their new uh, backend system is working now better, and hence we accomplish their needs. Uh, but some users def have zero clue how many or how many users they would like to handle or how many they handle at the moment because, for example, they don't have the necessary monitoring services. And we start with some super small number, let's say 10 users concurrently, then we increase it to 50, 100, 500, and so on. And in the end, at some point, we're going to see the system breaking and we're going to say, okay, this is, this is the line. That's how many you can handle at this point perfectly. The further testing does not going to give you more insights because the system is not handling this users, these number of users perfectly. And that's one of the way of determining that. And what is the concurrency limitation? Uh, I think it really depends on the test. Uh, I think really there's kind of no limit, but uh, let, let me think. I think you can do concurrently even I think 180,000 users concurrently, if every of those users has a G1 compute unit. Okay. But uh, kind of no limit, really. We allow to run these tests uh, as much as you want to. So I basically you can choose the amount you can set. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also question, I think it's a pretty simple question. Uh, is concurrency the same as multithreading? Oh, not really, not really. Okay. Uh, in Lodero's case, um, it would be kind of maybe not ideal to say concurrency because they actually the users are run in parallel. Uh, it's like kind of different three topics. The multi-threading that you mentioned is essentially uh, running one, let's say multiple processes on different CPU cores. That would be multi-threading. Uh, or maybe one process of multiple CPU threads. But concurrency is a bit different. It could be, for example, running multiple processes and ex quickly switching between them on one CPU core. And a parallel would be running, let's say, two processes on two different cores. Lodero uh, would be, I think, closer to parallelism. Parallelism, I think that would be the name for that. Uh, because we are running these processes on separate machines with separate environments and they're all individual. Okay. Can there be like concurrencies, conflicts between themselves if you run them? Uh, the way how we run these tests, I would say no. Uh, because every, we call these users participants, every participant is individually isolated and uh, they are not affected by each other actually. And uh, one more question about concurrency. How do you like handle it in uh, in a database? Uh, there are many mechanisms in place to not overload our web uh, database, as you can imagine, uh, processing ten tens of thousands of data points and saving them into the database is maybe not the ideal solution. Uh, without going deep into the architecture, I would say we have mechanisms to handle that. Have you encountered any issues where you with the concurrency? for example, or uh, in, in some of the projects? I can say that both we and our clients have had issues with handling huge number of concurrent users. Uh, one of them is actually being the database. Um, oh, okay. So, so what issues occurs when uh, data concurrency is not controlled? Uh, database is basically overflowed and it cannot handle more requests. Um, 
uh, it was before we implemented various mechanisms to handle that. Uh, it's it's really you know hard to admit the mistakes we've done, but we learn every time from them. Um, we implemented uh, one of the things that you can actually limit is how many you, uh, writes into the database you have per second. So that's one of the things we actually lower down and said, okay, now we have to push a bit lower, maybe not so many requests per second. Um, another thing is that uh, our clients had also many issues with the database. The database was utilizing many resources on the server and the server was not handling the load. Or for example, their load balancer was not keeping up with the increasing number of users and not booting up additional instances. And in the end, the service was not uh, responsive. Can you like test concurrent requests to a REST API-based uh, web server as well? Uh, technically, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why you say technically? Uh, I wouldn't say that Loadero is the best solution for that. Um, it's just be uh, Lodero mainly focuses on load testing the websites. Uh, we can kind of call it end-to-end -end testing. Maybe not the best word for that, but it's essentially what it is. We are testing the websites as a whole, not particularly API. Uh, there are many other great solutions that provide REST API, for example, REST API testing uh, in scale, and uh, they have better metrics maybe for that. They actually have easier way of doing that. Technically, you can do that in Lodero. We have all of the necessary packages and configurations for that. But we won't provide metrics for that because that's now our main focus. Uh, but rather, we focus on making load testing, WebRTC, and performance testing greater and providing you the relevant metrics for that. Okay. How do you load test an Express REST API? Um, Express, you mean as like Node.js, backend, okay. Um, so one of it's pre, honestly pretty pretty similar to web UI testing yeah. uh, in in a sense it's kind of the same idea. So you prepare some kind of scenario that you would like to test. Let's say be it something simple like a user or a login. So first of all, you have to create the necessary tokens for the authentication. You try and log in with the successful credentials and see whether you got the back uh, user barrier token, for example, and. So that's the, basically the scenario, and you create appropriate requests for that with the appropriate payload for that, and also prepare the backend to handle these requests, be it um, load balancers, maybe bot detections, rate limiter, some, something like that. So you prepare all of that, create the appropriate environment, definitely don't run your tests on prod. Uh, and as, as we know, we're <laughs> in environment. Not great. Yeah. Uh, and you run these tests using some load testing tool. And in the end, you monitor the service, how it beha behaves, how the requests have been ha handled. And in the end, mo hopefully the tool spits out you out beautiful report and you can analyze the metrics, both from the tool reporting side and also from your internal tools that are used to monitor your API service. Which language uh, could be or is, by your opinion, the best for concurrency? Uh, Go, definitely go for Go. Oh, I like this sentence. Can you elaborate why? Um, Go is, so if we go into like language histories, many languages have been created while having single core computers uh, or not thinking about multi-threading or concurrency or parallelism in any, in any way. Go is one of the few languages actually uh, and was actually created quite recently uh, if I recall correctly 2007 or 2011 
while most of the languages have been created in the last century. Uh, and uh, it sounds so long, so long time ago, last century, but it wasn't. So Go initially started with the idea that you have to solve multi-threading problems uh, in the huge scalable environments where you have many, many requests. And it also was developed by Google, so they had to solve Google-level problems. Uh, and the concurrency is built into the language itself. It's super easy to use. They have great documentation for using it, and it's, I'd say, pretty intuitive. And uh, uh, so kind of not a secret, but uh, maybe not publicly advertised, we use Go ourselves as well. So for the whole backend for Lodero or is used for Go language? Yes, Go specifically okay. because of that. So we can easy, uh, so we can handle this load ourselves in a more easy and convenient way. Okay, uh, how do you think this... Uh we know that concurrency like basically always increase performance, but are there cases that if you use concurrency incorrectly, maybe does it like uh, doesn't improve performance at all? Yeah, definitely. There some things shouldn't be run concurrently. Uh, one of those can be, let's say, uh, for example, if you you have to handle, for example, concurrent writing in the document. Let's say the same Google Docs. Uh, how do you handle multiple users editing the same document? It definitely needs concurrency, but you need to think how to handle that. Uh, and some cases rather should not have concurrency because it's just more difficult to handle it. It's not so ideal. And in the end, for example, might affect performance, maybe create some better mechanism, for example, queue. So, 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 so in some cases, uh, Lodero doesn't use concurrency at all. Uh, it's really hard for me to imagine cases when we definitely don't use concurrency. Uh, I'd say most of all of the our processes are made to be done concurrently, uh, because we have to handle multiple users at the same time. Uh, but the way how we handle is pretty neat, and I would uh, I would like to say thank you backend developers for making it stable and actually handling the concurrent the concurrent reads and writes into our databases and so on. Uh, how does Team Collaborate uh, to actually provide this cool service? I would like to say concurrently, but it's <laughs> uh, it's it's really interesting. Uh, our team is um, I would say quite in uh, unique in some way. Uh, it's kind of distributed uh, in many countries, many cities here in Latvia, for example, as well, uh, and. There are people who are specializing in some in every particular field of Flodero. Uh, we have our own marketing team uh, and sales team who are promoting the product and uh, directly communicating with our clients. Uh, we have designers who are making our product beautiful, to say the least. Uh, definitely the developers who make both the front end and back end and all of the other things in between. And as I'm the QA lead, I also have my own Q, uh, testers team who make sure that the product is actually great, that it has the necessary quality and it fits the requirements. So everybody is kind of working together, but kind of also separately. I didn't hear anything about like uh, customer help. Who who actually helps them <laughs> if a support ticket comes in? Is there a separate support team that handles only uh, requests from the clients or uh, the same developers or leads answer to them? Uh, how it works? Uh, remember, I initially started, we said that we work like a, in a startup-ish way. 
Uh, so that's kind of the problem we have, but not really a problem because we have a solution for that. We don't have problems, we have solutions. <laughs> so, and the solution is? Uh, the solution is involving the people who are necessary for that particular request. For example, if that's something easy, uh, often salespeople can uh, answer client chat requests. So, uh, so sales are technical enough to help customers with the technical questions? Yes, some of the questions can definitely be answered by sales and marketing. Uh, sometimes uh, we receive some more in-depth question. For example, how do you use some this and this in Lodero or what uh, is the planned uh, timeline for this particular feature to be implemented? And then on board comes uh, some of our technical people from the team and we try to answer the question. And there are people, I, I would say like, Kind of everybody is involved in uh, helping clients, but uh, they're like primary people from both non-technical and technical side of the product. Okay, uh, what's the funniest uh, thing you have ever received as a support ticket? Oh, that's that. <laughs> I love these. Um, we got many interesting requests. Um, one of the one of the favorites was one from I will not disclose the person or his or her yeah, origin. Don't, don't do that. Yeah, but was uh, essentially the person sent us uh, just like a picture of their family, like without any context. And they just sent like a picture of the family and we were like, hi, how can we help? And we get like another picture of the family. And the whole team is bamboozled. We have zero clue what is happening. And we were like, okay, bye. And it's like it, at one point it was a quite a frequent thing, and people were randomly sending pictures of their families. They're just testing your, <laughs> your service. I, I think yeah, they were testing our patients more like it, stress testing. What's called like that? <laughs> I actually didn't know that was a thing that they write to companies as well. I thought that they only reach out to like random people through emails. Uh, we had we had these requests in our employees, and they were say, saying that like I would like to invest in your product, Clodera. Oh, we were like, cool, <laughs> great. And, and did you answer them or like, no? Just we not, definitely oh, not. I, I would like to see how it plays out. You, you know these these. Uh, I think there was James Wick who was answering these spam emails, and he was having amazing yeah, comedy yeah. with them. Yeah. We would like well, maybe we should do that one day. <laughs> yeah, let's. Uh, I think let's uh, go on a finish note here. And uh, last question from one side would be, what are the future plans for Lodero? I love this question because we always have a backlog full. We have, I think, backlog for a few years already, uh, and it's still growing every day almost. Um, and the thing is that like, this backlog is always changing. Uh, for example, we have one amazing feature that we've been, for example, working on for many months. And then a client comes in and like saying, okay, guys, uh, I would like to have this feature imp implemented ASAP. And because this is huge client for us and, uh, they, for example, run these tests every day and they're really important for us. We would definitely prioritize the feature request coming straight from the client. Uh, one of the things that I can I say right now that we are planning to release pretty soon, that is definitely mass score. Uh, so you mean would opinion, <laughs> mean opinion score. Yeah, that one. Uh, so you would run a load, uh, let's say a performance test or a VTC test testing your, and you will have one, uh, simple score for the user to see and understand how good it performs. Yeah. And plus we right. would also create like this timeline where you would see how the score changes, uh, with ch time going forward. Have you already thought about algorithm, how you will compute that? Uh, 
we are testing now multiple algorithms. Uh, we, I would like not to disclose the algorithm <laughs> we're going to use in the end. Uh, but uh, yeah, we are working on this feature. It's definitely going to be pretty impressive because this would allow you to gather mass score for one participant. But another thing would be how the whole call together was uh, behaving. Uh, another thing that personally I'm super excited about is fully redesigned web app. It's going to be a completely new experience, uh, going to be much more pleasing, much more beautiful. Uh, the design team has been working for this quite long time. And plus our front-end developers have been also excited about this. You mentioned web app and first thing that came to mind is like, okay, can, can I load there? I, I didn't ask previously because I... Yeah, I didn't ask previously, but the thing is, can Lodero test native applications as well uh, on iPhone and uh, on Android? Good question. Uh, for now, not for now, no. So for, for right now, we can just test like websites, yeah, uh, web yeah. RTC calls, yeah. but no native application testing. Let's let's have a growth is, mindset. Is the, not it, yet. Is it in the backlog? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a one. You know, it's that like year backlog. Let's go like that. Ho hopefully we'll see that in the future. Definitely. Always up for new things and uh, our team likes challenges. Uh, something exciting and new is always welcome in our team. And we might implement that one day. But for now, yeah, two things that I can definitely talk about is that the mass score and fully redesigned web app. Nice. That's great. Uh, okay. Uh, what's your like go-to-life motto? Like quote or something that you read previously from... Uh, any of the books or that you can recommend to listeners? Can, can I curse on this podcast? Nah. Oh, okay. Let's 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 have that, a censored version. Uh, screw this. Let's do it. That's that's the way I I do it. It's not. It's it's like simple yet effective. Yes, and it. I love this model because it kind of puts you out of the comfort zone, and you try something new. For example, have you ever done cold showers? It's not a pleasant experience, but you just have to go into that and screw it and do it. And try to get the benefits of it. <laughs> yeah, think positively. <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. I think uh, it was a really insightful discussion with Alex regarding uh, Lodero, uh, load testing, performance testing, and uh, concurrency that we talked about pretty long enough. Uh, I hope everyone had a good, uh, good time here on this podcast. Uh, remember to listen on previous podcasts that we have talked about the AI, uh, audio, video testing, and also project management with uh, Romans. Thanks everyone for joining in. Remember to follow us on social media. And uh, please, uh, if someone has any suggestions or recommendations uh, towards the podcast or any other uh, ideas for the upcoming things, uh, just leave it in the comments uh, or write us on uh, email. Can I also advertise Lodero here? Go for it. Run load tests, prepare your service, and sign up for Lodero in all of the possible social medias. <laughs> Absolutely great. So th thanks, Alex, for tuning in. Thank you. Thank it you. A, it was a pleasure to talk with you. Yeah. See you. See you, mate.